And this week's question of the week is a special summer edition, an extended question of the week. Question of the week this week, what should recruiters know about dealing with job seekers who have a criminal record? And today, Adele and I have a special guest, James Whitcomb. James, welcome, and please introduce yourself. Thanks, Ross. Great to be here. Uh, I'm a big listener of the podcast. It keeps me updated. Uh, my background, I've been a director at Smart Recruitment for some time now. I joined Smart in 2005, so just past 18 years of agency recruitment. Uh, and four years ago as well, founded um, a business called The Candidate Coach, which is an online coaching platform for job seekers. Fantastic. Thanks for being here, James. And we're really excited to have the opportunity of a third voice in our podcast because we uh, only have Ross and I normally, as you know. And you have some uh, some case study, a, a lived experience around today's topic. So we'd love for you to share some more detail about that. Tell us about your experience specifically in relation to candidates with a criminal record. Yeah, it, it's, it's been quite a journey, Adele. Probably started oh, six or seven years ago at, at Smart. We were looking for some ways that we could, I guess, contribute back to the community that were, were meaningful. So um, we've been doing, you know, the, those Friday fundraisers in the office, but we wanted to do something that was a bit more meaningful. And so I was looking for an organisation that would actually be able to benefit from using our skills as, as recruiters uh, and came across Fitted for Work. Um, fitted for work, an organisation that uh, helped disadvantaged women back into work. So uh, obviously women that are unemployed, but also women that are facing normally a, a second layer of, of some type of adversity. So um, it might be um, language barriers, they might be um, new migrants to Australia, they might be uh, homeless, fleeing from domestic violence, um, or they might be people who have, who have spent time in prison and are coming back into the workforce. So um, yeah, we started running some some workshops through Smart Recruitment for Women in in in, in the Fitted for Work program, um, and then we were invited to um, do so in uh, the two Victorian women's prisons. Um, and so, my first experience uh, with uh, prisoners and 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 people with a criminal record was travelling out to uh, Tarangawa, which is a, a low level security prison um, towards uh, towards Bendigo. And, you know, a real nerve-wracking experience the first time when you think, oh, I'm going to be going into prison, what's it going to be like? Um, but the overall experience for me leaving prison that day and having met about a dozen women who were about to be released was that I, I found that if I thought of these women as candidates and I imagine them in the boardroom at Smart Recruitment, um, they would have fitted into most of our group assessments. Um, the only real difference was they were wearing wearing green tracksuits. So quite quickly, uh, I was um, very surprised at, I guess, the potential um, that, that the majority of the people that I was meeting who were going to be coming out of prison had. Um, you know, we were talking about people who were, who were bookkeepers or were dental nurses. Uh, many of them had strong qualifications um, and strong skills, but all were going to be facing a tremendous challenge uh, to find their next job because they now had a criminal record. So that's where my journey started. Um, and, you know, as we'll, as we'll maybe talk about now, um, you know, had some more first-hand experience over the last couple of years. So that is something that I gained a, 
a first-hand insight into James because, as you know, I was at the Australasian Talent Conference two weeks ago and on stage was Stu Holmes and yourself and you conducted what I thought was an incredibly well-handled interview with Stu and I think it had a profound impact on the audience, certainly did have a profound impact on me. So perhaps you could um, share a little of Stu's story and that will provide the additional context for the uh, other part of insight or the other insight you have into candidates with a criminal record. Yeah, so Stu Holmes was one of the two founders of Smart Recruitment. Um, he was my manager from 2005, uh, sorry, 2000, yeah, 2005 up until about 2015 when he left Smart. Um, and you can you can go into Stu's um, own personal journey through some other podcasts, including uh, Pete Watson's. Uh, but basically, Stu Stu left Smart, um, and he had some you know real challenges in his personal life. Um, he had a breakdown of his marriage. Um, he went from being a very successful director of Smart to um, you know not doing so well in terms of employment, um, and that led to to substance abuse, which led to uh, loss of access to his son, and then um, you know several years of I guess spiraling behaviour. Um, which saw him, um, you know, commit an armed robbery um, while he was, you know, in his own words, off his head uh, and woke up with um, a dozen police in his living room um, and off he went to jail. Uh, and so um, by this stage, Stu was just a, just a friend of mine and, um, you know, I wrote, wrote, wrote to him a couple of times when he was in prison. Um, he was fortunate to get a, a reduced sentence as he says, largely because um, it was during COVID and they were trying to keep people out of prisons. Um, but as, as I watched you come out of prison, um, you know, I was personally quite amazed at how challenging it was for somebody who was an outstanding recruiter, the best, the best interviewer I've ever come across, um, to actually get another job. And I started helping Stu and, and putting him forward for potential roles you know, sort of around 18 to 24 months ago when the market was going crazy, we were coming out of COVID and uh, from an agency point of view, we just couldn't keep up with the work. Um, I, I had many clients ask us, you know, have we got um, any recruiters we know that they could hire, whether it was short-term, long-term, contract or temp. And so each time I put Stu forward, um, it was all sounding positive until, um, you know, there was an understanding that he had a, had a criminal record. Uh, and so what went from sounding like a, a great, suitable candidate, when can they start, was, you know, the, the door was immediately closed upon hearing about um, him having a criminal record. Um, so there was one time, though, where a gentleman called Andy Martin, who was um, the TA lead at, at EML, asked me again, yep, he said, have you got anybody who's got a, a six-month contract? Uh, we're just desperate for recruiters. And so I kind of took the reverse approach and just said, look, Andy, uh, you know, I've got somebody that I know really well that I'm happy to vouch for who's an amazing recruiter and a great interviewer, but before I put him forward, um, I do need to let you know that um, yeah, he's got a criminal record. Uh, I'm happy to vouch for him. Um, he's rehabilitated. Uh, he'll do a great job, but I'd rather let you know that up front. Uh, and so that changed the messaging, and, 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 and Andy said, look, thanks for letting me know. Leave it with me. I'll see what I can do. Uh, lo and behold, um, Stu got the job worked there for six months, did a great job, it was a six-month contract and 
he's now moved on to other things which we might talk about in a moment but essentially without you know having a friend in recruitment who was happy to personally vouch for him um you know it, it was just a time where i was really given exposure to how hard it is for somebody even with great skills and great experience to break through i don't know if it's a I don't think glass ceiling's the right word, but certainly a glass barrier um, to, to, to land a job again. Do you think that's some advice for people listening to this as a recruiter if you are working with a candidate with challenges like that? Is it about being their advocate and, and being upfront about those challenges, things like a criminal record in telling your client and trying to really unpack it? What do we need to know? I think the deeper the relationship, yeah, you have with your client, um, it's not necessarily about calling on a favour, but in some ways I felt like I did when I when I put Stu forward. But if you have a great relationship with your clients, uh, a consultative relationship, not a transactional one, then I think you open up the opportunity to putting forward more diverse candidates. Um, you know, it's probably not something you're going to try with a new client on, on, on the first role. You need to have probably developed a bit of a track record there. Uh, but I, so and I, and I think that's where the challenge comes in. So historic, well, not historically, but, uh, you know, our, our clients come to us and use a recruitment agency. Um, you know, they pay us good money. And there's that expectation there that the candidate's going to be very high quality. You know, they're going to be the top 1% or 2% in the market. So... Somebody with a criminal record probably doesn't fit that mould. Uh, and so in many ways, we need to, I guess, have those conversations with our client to say, look, here's somebody who is outside of the mould um, and this is why I'm putting them forward. So it's not probably going to be here's the resume, you know, dot point number one, they've got a criminal record because the client will just move past that really quickly. Um, but I think that therein is, is, is the proof if, if, if you put forward somebody as a recruiter that, um, you believe is going to be successful in the role and then they are, well, the next time you do it with that same client, it's going to be a much smoother process. Um, but it is a difficult conversation to have, particularly the first time around. And this is probably a good time to introduce some guidelines and to advise our listeners what the Australian Human Rights Commission says about preventing discrimination in employment on the basis of criminal record because uh, I suspect many recruiters would not know that they can't blanket discriminate against a candidate just because of a criminal record. And in fact, reading point two on the document that the Australian Human Rights Commission provides with respect to guidelines for employment of people with a criminal record, it says employers should only ask job applicants and employees to disclose specific criminal record information if they have identified that certain criminal convictions or offences are relevant to the inherent requirements of the job. So to provide a specific example, if you're a payroll officer and you have been convicted of fraud then it would be a reasonable thing to say you cannot be considered for another payroll officer job because fraud is a relevant criminal conviction with respect to the job. But that wouldn't be a relevant criminal conviction necessarily for someone who might be 
a stop-and-go worker on a roadwork site, for example. So perhaps, James, perhaps you might um, expand a bit on that from what you've learned from your own experience about the relevance of certain convictions in terms of selection criteria for jobs. So if you think about a crime, there's a broad spectrum, isn't there? So there's maybe the 18-year-old who was caught smoking a joint, you know, between uni and high school, who gets a criminal record for that, um, all the way through to, you know, the most heinous crimes, uh, murder and whatnot. Uh, and there's obviously a lot in the middle. And unfortunately, um, people are branded with, tarred with the same brush, painted with the same brush. You've got to you fail the criminal record test. We don't look any further. We don't look to understand. Again, it might have been something from 2007, which was an extremely minor crime. Unfortunately, people coming out of prison have that follow them. Um, and so that's why my session with Stu was called Over- Overcoming the Mistake of a Lifetime, because we all we all make mistakes. Um, some of us make terrible mistakes. Some of us make smaller mistakes. Um, if it ends up being a mistake that is a, is a criminal conviction, it is so hard for that person to... Um, you know, get out of that shadow for the rest of their lives. But I, I think it comes back to, you know, the recruitment philosophy of a lot of people is, is um, you know, looking for ways to rule candidates out uh, rather than looking for opportunities to to rule them in, to be inclusive. And so criminal record is, is probably the easiest way, um, you know, to discount a candidate from the job. And, and to your point, Ross, uh, I would say that most, uh, many recruiters and many organisations wouldn't understand that, criminal record needs to be relevant for the job for it, for it to be grounds um, for them to uh, reasonably dismiss somebody from the role. Um, I think on the other side, though, the actual um, ex-offender who comes out, and I've, I've seen this a lot because when we go into prisons and, and we run our mock interview sessions and resume preparation sessions, nearly all the questions we receive from, uh, from the people who are about to be released is, um, how do I get a job with a criminal record? Now, not all employers are going to ask, first of all. Um, if you're going for a hospitality role at the corner cafe, um, you know, to work 20 hours a week waiting tables, they're not going to, you know, extremely unlikely they're going to, they're going to ask you. Um, and so the issue then can be for many uh, ex-offenders is, is do they choose to voluntarily disclose that they've got a record um, and in some ways um, get that skeleton out of the closet um, or do they take the job and continue, you know, to continue to work kind of with that skeleton in the closet um, and the fear that maybe one day if the employer finds out, it's not going to end very well because the employer is going to feel like, um, you know, that person has held information from them. So it's a, it's a multi-dimensioned impact that it has um, on the individual. So if, if an individual can get a, a job with a criminal record that's out in the open, uh, it's a wonderfully liberating experience for them and really does give them a, a platform for them to turn their life around. Thanks for that, James. It is really interesting, as you said, Ross, that many recruiters may not be aware of uh, that piece in the legislation. So I'm interested in the risk, though. You know, there are recruiters listening to this. There are agency owners listening to this. If we are trying to assist people, we found a candidate where we feel perhaps the conviction isn't related to the job. As you said, we've got a a, a stop and go worker with a fraud uh, conviction 
Where is our risk though as a recruiter? If we recommend that person and the client takes them on and something goes wrong, where does that, you know, where, where does that leave us? What's the risk? Yeah. I love, um, uh, I'm a big AFL fan and I love listening on a Monday morning to Jared Waitley and David King. And David King always talks about um, it's okay to be beaten by the opposition, but don't be beaten by what you know about them. And so in many ways, if you're putting forward somebody, I think, with a, with a criminal record, it's really unlikely that that is what's going to mean they're unsuccessful once they get into the job. It, it really is. So if somebody has a fraud conviction, it's really unlikely that they're going to be unsuccessful because of some type of fraud activity. Um, so I think if we're, we're out in the open with what the risks are with the individual uh, and with the client, then I think the risks are quite low. Uh, I think we're not actually going to be we're not going to be beaten here by something we 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 know because it, it it's been spoken about. Uh, I think the other the other challenge for people who are looking for work um, with it with 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 a criminal record um, can be um, you know their, their colleagues in the workplace. Um, so there is um, you know a real fear there that they might be found out to have a criminal record or, or what are what are other people going to think of me? So. Um, there, that that person though, it's it's in some ways to me, it's like when you hire somebody into a recruitment role for the first time, you know, you'll probably get them for three to five years because it's their first opportunity. They get their training. They're extremely loyal to that organisation. Hiring somebody um, who's maybe spent three or four years in prison, has been out for some time, would really love to get an opportunity, but just cannot get one. If they're worth a, a pinch of salt, they are going to do everything that they can. Um, to reward that employer. And so with, uh, with the people that we work with who are coming out of prison, we coach them on how to have that conversation. So a lot of them say, how do I disclose that I've got a criminal record? And, um, you know, it's a bit of a long process, but what we say is, you know, don't, don't walk into the door, um, sit down for the interview and, and open up with, I need to let you know I've got a criminal record. You want to build up as many positives as you can first. So if you prepare well for the interview, if you perform well in the interview, if you do all those small things we've coached you on, you know, at the end of the interview, it's perhaps looking the recruiter in the eye and saying, hey, before we finish, there's something I need to tell you. Um, I need to tell you that I've got a criminal record, but what I want to let you know is that's in my past. Uh, I, made a, I made a mistake. I'm fully rehabilitated. Um, if I'm successful in getting this role, though, this is going to have a life-altering impact for me. You're going to change my life, uh, and I guarantee you that I won't let you down. So if if the individual can control the converse, or not control the conversation, but deliver a message in that way, you know, tug on their heartstrings a little bit, then they're giving themselves a great opportunity. They're being real, really vulnerable. Um, but in many ways, they've kind of got to have performed well up to that point. So the interviewer has you know, a good first impression of them, can imagine them in the role. It's kind of like tick, 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 and then they're going to bring in maybe a bit of a negative, but they've built up some, they've built up some positives first. And that is uh, a perfect segue to number one on the Australian Human Rights Commission guidelines that I mentioned earlier. And point one is employers should create an environment which will encourage an open and honest exchange of criminal record information between an employer and job applicant or employee. And that 
is pretty much what you've described, James. So what about the practicalities for agencies? How have or are SMART applying everything that's been learned about Stu's success and working with people in the Fitted for Work program to help SMART operate within the law, but also providing, still providing a very good service to candidates and clients? Mm-hmm. It's it's a real challenge, Ross. So I certainly, um, sitting here today, don't feel like it's been very successful, but I feel like we are at, um, you know, maybe maybe we're at a little bit of a, 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 of a turning point um, when, you know, I would love to see, as we see on some advertisements now, you know, First Nations Australians are encouraged to apply or um, older older people, so to speak, are encouraged to apply. Um, I would love to see on some job ads, um, you know, people with a criminal record are encouraged to apply because when it comes to putting forward um, from an agency point of view a candidate to a client, uh, there needs to be the understanding that it's going to happen because otherwise it's a shock. Uh, otherwise it's a shock. And again, it's extremely hard for this to be done by, uh, you know, a junior consultant or somebody who doesn't have a strong relationship with clients. Um, so it's it's a big challenge. It, it really is a big challenge. And then again, within your own client organisations, you've got the TA team, you've got different line managers with different expectations. Um, and so you really need to have an internal advocate. And I think in many ways, that's why if we're going to see a significant change in this area, it needs to be um, employer-led. And I know that can sound like a little bit of a cop-out and a lot of agencies say, yeah, we, we feel that we can only put forward what our clients are going to accept. But I think in, in some ways we need some organisations uh, you know, to shine a light on, on the benefits here uh, of employing people with the CRM. Um, you know, Australia has the most expensive prison system in the world. To, to house a prisoner in Australia costs more money than, than any other country. So, um, But at the same time, we don't have a lot of support for people who are coming out of prison uh, with regards to finding and, and keeping them in work. Well, it certainly prompted me to recall an article I've read recently about a California tyre recycling business that actively recruits from the local prison because the inherent requirements of almost all the jobs in that business mean that they can consider just about anybody and they've found that generally the track record that they have in recruiting people from the prison has been very good. And so that is a almost their number one source of candidates these days. And I think that's a very um, encouraging way for an employer to consider that when you give people a second chance, not all of them are going to grasp it, grasp that second chance, but many will. And those that do often are your most loyal employees. And there are plenty of government subsidies available too um, for uh, for employing people um, with a CRN, particularly if they've been recently uh, released from prison. That's great to know. So many really valuable tips around this topic. Uh, it feeds into um, 
uh, inclusivity, if that's a hot topic in your business as well, but it also just makes some great business sense. There's a whole range of candidates that we're really overlooking. So thank you so much, James, for sharing your own personal stories, the smart case study, and some really valuable tips for our listening audience around how we can address this issue perhaps as an industry, but certainly help to consult to our clients about it as well. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks, James.